Well, good Tuesday morning and welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shoemate of the Bethel Baptist Church. I want to welcome you on this 27th day of December in the year 2021. We thank the Lord for you taking time to tune in with us. Uh, we're still celebrating Christmas. We'll do that uh, till New Year's at least. And then uh, hopefully we'll be taking our tree down and all the decorations. Thank the Lord for Christmas and I hope and pray that you had a Merry Christmas. I hope that you were able uh, to be with your family. And I hope and pray that uh, you gave glory to God for the gift, the greatest gift of all, when God gave his son Jesus. He was born. And we realize that likely that uh, the chances are Jesus being born on December the 25th. I don't know that that was his birth date, but that's the date that we celebrate his birth. And let's celebrate it. Let's just rejoice in knowing that he did come and he lived and he died and he arose and he lives forevermore. Amen. And saves whosoever will. Well, this morning we're looking in John's gospel. And over the last few months, we've been looking in John. Uh, we've entitled our study, A Journey Through John. And I hope and pray it's been a help to you as it has been for me. This morning we're dealing in verse, we're looking at verse number seven of John chapter number nine, and we're going to take in the context of the scripture, I'm going to look at this verse and just give you a few little thoughts, and I hope it'll be a help and maybe a little enlightening to help us to understand a little bit more about this, what was going on in this chapter. We realize Jesus had come out of the temple. And he and the disciples saw a man who had been born blind. And that man, no doubt, according to the Bible, here in the chapter, we'll find this a little later on, but he was a beggar. And that is typical for someone in his condition. Uh, he had to do something to have enough money to buy food and, and clothing and shelter and all the, the essentials of life. Just because he was blind did not mean that he had uh, some kind of uh, social program. In fact, in the time of Jesus, there was very limited in the things that they had. Um, a person with a handicap uh, really had a handicap because there was no uh, social outreach as far as a dependence upon the government or anything like that. Uh, it had to be through alms, a lot of times begging and just sitting there and the compassion of the people. And uh, thank God for compassionate people. Uh, there was some very many different things that's asked in this chapter. And we've discussed some of them uh, where the disciples said, Lord, was it, was it this man that sinned or his parents? Who was it that was responsible for him being born blind? And, and was it because of some sin that they did or that he was going to do or had done? And uh, there's a lot of things we could say there going back to that verse, but we're not going to do that this morning. We just know what Jesus said in verse number three, neither hath this man nor his parents, uh, sin nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. In other words, to reveal the works of God. And, and if you and I could just get a hold of that. If our life could be based upon anything, we'd be benefited greatly if our life just brought forth and manifested the works of God through us, this blind man was chosen for an explicit work. It was not by happenstance that he was there at the temple that day. 
And then Jesus, in verse 4, says, I must work the works of him that sent me, for the night cometh when no man can work. And we know that there is a limitation of life in this, on this side of eternity. And what we are going to do for God, folks, we need to be about it now. Because there's going to come a time when the night's going to come and we're not going to able, be able to work any longer. And then Jesus makes the great statement in verse 5, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. And we know that Jesus is the light of the world. As long as he was in the world, he is the light of the world. And we'll not go into the details of that. And then in verse number 6, yesterday we talked about the fascinating fact that Jesus spat upon the ground and made clay out of the spittle and then anointed the blind man with the clay. If you could imagine that, him seated there and the Lord anointed him. And then this morning we come to verse number seven. And I want you to notice what it says. The Bible says, and he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Now, that is a very interesting verse. Yesterday's verse, verse 6, is one of those verses that makes you want to say, wonder why. And then in verse number, number, number 7, it, it's basically the same thing again. It makes me wonder why. And I began to consider the pool of Siloam. And that's an interesting name for a pool. And the Bible gives us the interpretation of that word, which means sent. So Jesus sent him to this pool. The pool of Siloam is actually thought of as built by good King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a great king of Jerusalem during the time of, of when armies would come and invade uh, Judah. And they wanted to lay siege to Judah, and Hezekiah had wisely, had very wisely, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, you could pack up a lot of food, but my friends, there's one thing that's just a little bit more essential than food, and that is water. And so Hezekiah very wisely took the spring of Siloam and turned it into a place to gather water, and it was called the Pool of Siloam. And as you think about that pool, and it is noted in uh, Bible uh, geography, you can find, and look it up online if you like, but you can find that that pool was actually at the lowest point in elevation of the city of Jerusalem. It was at 2,051 feet, which was 375 feet lower in elevation than the temple and where the temple sat on the Temple Mount. And you say, well, what's so important about that? Well, the blind man was told to travel 375 feet in descent, and it was a good walk from where he was at the temple all the way down to the Pool of Siloam. I think, and I began to consider that, and, and I pray that he had somebody to guide him or to go with him. Now, I don't know that, and the Bible doesn't say that either. And he could have went on his own. I'm not sure. But nevertheless, as we think of that, it's, a, it's an intriguing thought. There's a lot of speculation that we could make, and, and we could assume this or assume that. And to be honest with you, what we have is the Word of God, and, and, and if we add anything to that, 
then it's not the Word of God, but it's our thoughts and maybe our opinions. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes my opinions could be wrong. My thoughts could be wrong. So let's stick with the Word of God, all right? And as we think about this, I'm seeing this man who was told to go down and walk down a long and very steep path to this pool. The pool of Siloam was used in Jesus' day as a place of ritual washing. In other words, people would come, worshipers would travel to Jerusalem, and at this time of the year, it was very busy. And when they would come to the city of Jerusalem, they would come to the lower point of the city, and this pool was one that was used for ritual cleansing. What do you mean, preacher? Well, outwardly, people washed themselves before they went to the temple to worship the Lord. You say, well, what is important in, about that? Well, the typology of it is definitely important. And the physical part of it is also definitely important. I want to say to you, most of the time, before I go to the house of God, I make sure that my body has been cleaned sometime shortly before I go to the house of God. Why is that? Well, there's a number of reasons. I want to present myself before the Lord. I want to present myself outwardly and more importantly, inwardly clean. And in the symbolism of the washing ritual, this pool was used frequently and continually. So as we look here this morning, and we think about this ritual washing that was going on, and these people were washing before they went up. But here was a man who come down, and he definitely needed to be washed. You could see his face. He had two big dirt clods placed on his eyes, but they wasn't just any dirt clods, man. They were made with the spittle of the Lord Jesus. Now, another question comes to my mind. Why did Jesus do this? Well, I'm just going to be truthful and honest. I don't know. I don't have the answer. Other than Jesus instructed the man to do this afterward. We notice that, again, that the word Siloam means sent. And Jesus spoke these words to him. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Those are seven simple words that changed the blind man's life. If you'll notice again, the Bible says, He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. So what happened? Well, he went his way, therefore. What Jesus told him to do, he believed, and he went and washed. You see, not only did he believe, but he obeyed. And, and that's essential for salvation. When Jesus, through the word of God, speaks to our heart, we need to believe what God says. And when we believe what God says, then we immediately obey what God says. I love this. And then the good news is, and he came seeing. In other words, he descended 375 uh, downward, and it was longer than that, but the, the downhill decline, but he also walked back up. Oh, yes, and he had his sight. As he returned, he came seeing. Can I say to you, I've never met anybody who believed and obeyed the Lord, in, especially in the matter of salvation, that did not receive that which they believed and obeyed. 
And it, hey, I'm telling you, there's something about that that would preach. No doubt, I believe he was guided down to the pool. But there is no question about it. This old boy walked, ran, shouted, cried, all marveled as he went back. I remember the first time that I went to New York City. It was all that I could do. I just stood there and I looked up. You can tell tourists who go to a big city like that the first time. All they want to do is just look up and look around. I imagine this man who had been born blind, had never seen the blue sky, never seen a building, never seen a person. Hey, man, never seen his parents, his mom, his dad, never seen anybody. He'd never seen a man or a woman. And now he's gazing at all these different things, the sounds that he heard. He knew the sound of a dog and a cat. But, but now he's seeing them. And he makes his way back up. And I imagine he's shouting the victory all the way. And boy, that's something to, to think about. And I'll just say to you, hallelujah, what a Savior. Do you remember when he opened your blind eyes and, and you heard what he said to you? Go wash in the pool of Siloam. That's what the blind man heard. And he obeyed. He heard. He obeyed. And he, he believed. Amen. He believed. And boy, he believed and then he obeyed. I'm glad, thank God, it works that way. And then he got cleansed and he got his sight. I'm glad today that Jesus is in the business of saving sinners. Well, I hope and pray that you've been encouraged today. I see that I went long this morning. I didn't mean to, but Lord, help us. And uh, I'm, I'm not apologizing for it, amen. It was, it was the Lord and, and I'm glad for it. I hope you have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be back again in the morning at 8.30 a.m., and we'll pick back up in verse number 8 of John chapter number 9. Lord bless you today. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Child, I know you're sorry for all that you have done.